Welcome to an emergency edition of the Celtics Life Podcast. We're still not officially at the start of free agency, but the chaos has begun. The Oklahoma City Thunder have swindled the Indiana Pacers and completed a trade for Paul George. I'm Topher Lane, here with Justin Quinn. Justin, break it down for us. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that they didn't just swindle the Thunder. They sw- or excuse me, the Thunder didn't just swindle the Pacers. They also swindled us and a lot of other teams around the league. Yeah, I, more than just the Pacers and, and the Celtics. A lot of the league, there was a ton of suitors trying to get Paul George. The Cavs were ramping up efforts, and the Cavs offered Kevin Love straight up for Paul George, and somehow... That Pacers, didn't get done? Somehow the Pacers thought Oladipo and Domitas Sabonis are a better combination. I don't know what they're looking for, but there's not there's no picks in this deal. There's nothing more redeeming than two solid role players. I mean, maybe Sabonis will develop into a good player, but... What, I don't understand what is behind this deal for the Pacers. Let's not try to think too hard about it just yet. There may be other moves coming. It's really hard to say from a pure nuts and bolts point of view. The salaries of those two players, Sabonis and Oladipo, are about $9 million total. And they have a trade exception for Ursan Ilyasova, for four point nine million, which gets you to the magic number of four of fourteen point five, just barely. I think if if the, the the spare change on the end of those contracts, they might have to throw a little bit of cash in there to make it le- legal, or they could also theoretically go the route of including the maximum amount of the CBA total cash inclusion, which would be 3.6, I believe, for this year. It might be 3.5. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head, but it's about that number. And another low-level contract. But wow. I just don't... I don't think that anybody expected this. This is... I think everyone was kind of waiting until midnight for the start of free agency. And people were kind of freaking out about you know, some other stuff going on, but it was mostly just rumors. And then all of a sudden... Blake Griffin has also re-signed with the Clippers for $173 million over five years, which is basically, as far as I can tell, a mutual security clause for both clubs. I think that the Clippers want to make sure that they can keep their – I mean, they're looking at a new venue out in Inglewood, so they, they don't want to you know, completely blow the team out of the water and rebuild with total rebuild out of nowhere. So I think that's what's going on with them on that end. And then in terms of Blake Griffin, as we have said numerous times, Blake Griffin, he needs some insurance. It seems kind of like that went under the radar considering that this George trade dropped shortly after. They may be connected in some way because they were very close together. I'm not entirely sure if this is... Related to something the Celtics may have going on, I'm sure like most of you, I'm really hoping that we equally have some kind of left field thing going on, not just relying on, you know, convincing Gordon Hayward to come here. At this point, maybe that's just what the plan is to get him here and call it a day. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I am very happy that I am not a fan of a Western Conference team right now. (laughs) Within 45 minutes... Two of the three targets, the top targets of the Celtics, if you if you include Paul George as part of the trade market, are already gone. I mean, Blake Griffin was probably in the top three, I would say, at least for me. Absolutely. And 
Paul George was obviously something that Celtics fans after the Jimmy Butler trade on draft night were eyeing and that we were seemingly pretty convinced that we were going to find a way to make the trade work. And we were trying to work out cap magic and stuff like that to make it work. And now two of the three targets are gone. So Gordon Hayward is still available, but what's the chance that this is just our luck and we're going to see that kind of fall? A lot of dominoes could be falling within the next 48 hours. I've spoken previously on some of our podcasts about the volatility that the, the cap shrinkage going on at the same time with the Warriors' ascendancy. And even the Warriors may be looking at losing Iguodala now, which is circulating. Iguodala's going with the Spurs right at midnight. Yeah, there's, I mean, they're trying to move LaMarcus Aldridge to Spurs and the, the point guard market has gone completely crazy with Chris Paul moving and the musical chairs have gone into motion. Rubio is off to Utah, which is theoretically to appease Gordon Hayward, seeing that Hill is probably out there, their current starting point guard. He is being sent to Utah from Minnesota for just no, nothing coming back. I believe just the uh, Oklahoma City 2018 pick that Minnesota controlled and, or excuse me, the Utah controlled. And that is protected one through 14 lottery protected. This means almost certainly West is gone. No, with that going on, it, the question comes up are we in the lead or is Miami because it's in my opinion almost assured that Hayward is going to leave now the West's become with this trade so the Thunder suddenly are a better team that will probably take I would guess the Jazz's spot in you know kind of middle of the pack in the West maybe better I guess because the Clippers will fall off the Rockets are going to jump. The Spurs are going to be just as good. So it's going to be this crazy mess of teams in the West. The top four teams are going to be insanely good. And Rudy Gobert tweeted about it shortly after this, this George trade went down and said that we need to get a fusion between the East and the West because it's getting too unbalanced. Do you think this affects Gordon Hayward's decision to go to the I, East? I don't see how it can't. I mean, the path through the West is just, it's like... How to, how to put this in, in a way that's really like, do you want to walk from New York City to Los Angeles or do you want to take a plane? I mean, like, it's really that different in my opinion at this point. Meanwhile, though, you know, you have guys who still are talking about going to teams like the Rockets. I mean, I don't know what this does to Carmel Anthony's plans if he gets bought out by the Knicks. Does he go to the Rockets? Does he go to the Cavs? What's his plan? I, I guess the Cavs would be the best decision considering that right now the East is going to be miserable who who are the teams going to be in the east the bulls are no longer really a viable option the hawks are probably going to lose paul Millsap. it's going to be just just so people know rondo has been released by chicago today uh to save a bunch of money only three million of his 13 million dollar contract is guaranteed money so that's another point guard moving around the league uh i believe that he is an option for maybe new orleans also potentially toronto but there's, there's a lot of teams that might be looking to find ways to scratch that itch with the cap situation being what it is, but it's really too hard to, to think about too much right now. And just going to say this right now, we're not editing this at all, so it's going to be a little bit rough. Apologies in advance for any ums, confusion, or rapid-fire reactions. Just what, It is what it is. Okay, I'm going to jump on that really quickly then. Rondo to the Pelicans. 
I, I like that, and I think the Pelicans should too, in the way that he right now they're planning on offering Drew Holiday a stupid amount of money because they don't really have any other options. Rondo will come a lot cheaper, considering everything that's been kind of going on with him bouncing. But they won't they won't be able to resign him now that I'm thinking about it because they don't have the cap space. Drew or it's Rondo. Drew or nothing, man. It's Drew or like bargain basement. I mean, maybe they could get him in something like a mid level exception amount. It's really hard to say what he would take at this point. Let's not, let's not go too crazy into that, I think, because it's really easy to get caught in the weeds. Yeah. Another thing that I think we should really be talking about is the rumors of Teague, speaking of point guards, potentially to Minnesota. There's no deal on that yet. He would be a good fit. And John Wall was offered the designated veteran player exception today that he might just be the first person to take it However, Otto Porter was rumored to be in the mix for a signing trade for Paul George, which is clearly off the table now. So that is another potentially volatile situation that could blow up on top of who knows what's going to go on with the Knicks in Cleveland. Yeah, and so right now, for those listening, we're recording this with still an hour and 15 minutes before the start of free agency. So we're still on the cusp of the beginning of free agency. I've said that I believe that there's going to be some stuff that goes down at midnight. Um, I would expect that Steph Curry is going to be signing back with the Warriors almost immediately, the same way that Anthony Davis did a few years ago. I, I doubt that Iguodala is going to move too quickly, considering he's got meetings kind of lined up across the league, is my understanding. He's also meeting with the Kings. So it's going to be kind of crazy, and this this may lose relevance immediately after midnight. But It may already be irrelevant. Keep yeah, listening. Though. I'm constantly looking at it. Yeah, I'm constantly looking at it. <laughs> but... I mean, looking at just at Twitter right now, Cleveland is, is taking interest in Zach Randolph. So I was talking in our group chat, is Zach Randolph a guy that we chase now that Paul George is off the market as kind of a compliment to... I think at this point it's Gordon Hayward or Bust with maybe a wild card up Danny's sleeve, though I really don't want to you know, get anyone's hopes up. Just expect that we're probably going to be focusing on Hayward now. Obviously. Unless- yeah, unless there's something that we haven't heard about, which, of course, as Lewis pointed out in a Lewis Gonzalez uh, in a recent podcast with us, that it's always the teams that you're not paying attention to. It's always the deals no one's been talking about that are happening. So yeah, clearly the the Pacers just traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> and nobody saw that coming. Not me. So it's yeah, no, there's just no certainty right now, and whether Ainge decides to pull the trigger on something that nobody really saw coming, the same way that the Isaiah Thomas trade went down back at the deadline two, three years ago. It's just, uh, I think Ainge could absolutely pull something similar to that. And can I take a second to talk about how three All-Stars have been traded in the last year and it's all been for basically peanuts? Yep. This is what happens when there's a boom and then there's a bust. I mean, there's a, there's a popular saying in financial circles that if you hear the word boom, get out as fast as you can. And this is a really good example because it wasn't even two seasons ago that the halcyon days of massive, massive contracts being handed out like candy were just a norm. And the money's just not there. I mean, the money's coming into the league. It's not like people are hurting, but in terms of what people were expecting based on the TV deals and based on other revenue sources, it's created an incredibly volatile situation, which might be very exciting for teams as they 
you know, try to shuffle the deck to compete against the, the behemoth that formed out West. But for a lot of us, including, and especially right now, uh, NBA writers and bloggers, it's just crushing us with the activity and it's great press. You know, it's, it's getting us lots and lots of activity on the site, but I'll tell you what, man, I don't know about you, but I am like ready to fall over and my family's probably ready to disown me at this point. That's the nice thing about living by myself. <laughs> Nobody cares if I'm writing constantly. Just Screw you, buddy. <laughs> uh, is there, I, I just, I can, one more what, piece what of thing happens? before we go. We have to, we have to bring this up. James Young has made oh. the summer league roster. Yeah. Of the Pelicans. Of the, of the New Orleans Pelicans. Do you think he makes the, the roster? Do you think he finds his way on there? They don't, I like, think after, so. after they don't the Boogie Cousins trade, he's got a lot of potential. Nobody. What was that? After the Boogie Cousins trade, they had nobody, especially like wings. Yeah, if you look at the bottom of their roster, it's filled up with guys on like half million dollar contracts, million dollar contracts. It's just a bunch of junk. No offense to them as individuals, but that's basically the strategy. They just try to do whatever they can to, to get an active roster functioning, which has been kind of a problem for that organization for several years now. They're one of the low-key, crappier-run organizations in the entire league that might have something to do with the fact that the owner puts most of his priority into his football team. That'd be the Benson the Benson family at this point, I'm not even sure if, if the elder statesman of the family is still running at Tom Benson. But I do think that James Young is probably the sixth or seventh best player before he's even, you know, officially on their roster. So yeah, I do think that he has a future there. Okay. That's cool. I'm into it. I, I, I guess I'd like him to do well. I want to see him stick. I mean, it wasn't fast enough for us and that's life, but I still like the guy. Yeah, no, I, I had nothing against him. I just was kind of annoyed. I, w- I would have preferred to have kept RJ Hunter. I mean, I'm glad that we that we kicked his cap, cap space because if we had RJ Hunter now, it'd be even harder to get Gordon Hayward. But yeah, and maybe maybe that's something Ainge had kind of up his sleeve when he was making that decision for the last roster spot. But oh, of course he did. It's, he's always thinking he moves ahead. He's kind yeah. Of well, still, I was sad because I liked RJ. So me too. I uh, I did write a post that actually got a ton of activity on Twitter about whether Celtics should unretire numbers. And we had fans who were really upset about it and some fans that were into it. And I think I came up with a good solution. Fan vote. Celtics do a fan vote, and then the top five numbers are protected and stay retired, and the rest go down to players. What do you think? Uh, I, I also think that JR had a good... Uh, JR is the Celtics Life site owner, and he, he was talking about how at North Carolina... One of the things that they do is they retire the number, but still people can still wear them. Just you can't retire them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just like so, put them up in the rafters. It's like a yeah, and it's up there. And you can even take it a step further. You can just at some point we'll either have to devise another nut, like numerating system, or we're going to end up having to do something like another suggestion that I've heard, which is to retire a banner with their name on it. And then the, the numbers go back into circulation. You could you could have it be like that can't happen for living players, by maybe even like so many years after a player's death before the name the number goes back into circulation. But there's no reason why the banners would need to come down. You know, don't kill me if that really crunches your your sensibilities. Just a just a thought on that particular topic. Yeah, no, but it's it's a fun fun concept, and there's a lot of. I mean, I was I wrote the article, 
And I was just trying to look through like what numbers were available. And so I was writing it before this Paul George trade, obviously. Um, and 13 was available because it was James Young's number. But Gordon Hayward has no... He can't go laterally. He can go nowhere. He can't go down to 19. He can't go up to 21. It's just like this mass, especially between 1 and 10. There's like nothing left. There's just... It's there's just so many numbers that are taken. And obviously, we've got a crazy storied franchise. But yeah, it's... It's crazy. It's going to become a problem long term, so we need to start thinking about solutions. If you've got any, let us know with either the CLPod, CLPOD hashtag or in the comment section for this particular podcast. Maybe if you come up with a good enough idea, it'll end up being an article. Do you think Ray Allen's number should be retired? That was I think talk. that Ray Allen's number should be retired if his teammates also think it should be retired. I think he's right on the cusp. I think that it's really a decision for the Celtics organization to work out since they're the ones who it impacted the most. I would be comfortable at this point either way based on what I've heard from the rest of the 2007-8 Celtics. All right. Well, we will be bringing you guys tons of stuff throughout free agency starting in really less than an hour by the time that this is up. So... I probably after maybe already has started by the time we put this thing up but we'll be bringing you all the content stay tuned to celticslife.com the hashtag clpod all of our twitters anything that you're going to be working on specifically that's kind of long form or are we just going to be kind of rattling hey, off stuff? I'm sure I'll be sorting out all of this madness just head to the site we got it we'll yep. be on it there's going to yep. be tons of stuff to read more than you can probably handle more than we can probably write and try Yep, that's the nice thing about having new writers. All right. Well, you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. It helps us with our visibility. We really appreciate it. And if you don't like something or you have a suggestion, let us know on a comment with any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. And we always just want to bring you guys the Celtics coverage you want, the way you like it. What do you think is the craziest thing that's going to happen in the next 12 hours, Justin Quinn? I'm going to wake up and write more articles. That's the craziest thing that's going to happen. It's pretty damn crazy that's at this point. the predictable thing that's going to happen, is you writing more articles. <laughs> maybe maybe everybody else doesn't see it that way, but that's how I see it. All right. I think Blake Griffin's going to pull DeAndre Jordan, and Doc Rivers is going to drive around the streets of Boston while Blake Griffin is locked into a mansion. Well... Danny Ainge oh, awesome. I mean, if we, if we can get some tweets about chairs and, and doors and, and stuff like that again, sure. I'm into it. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care.